it's basic to the teachings of the Buddha that wisdom liberates. Meditation, mindfulness, concentration doesn't liberate. It sets up the conditions for the arising of wisdom. Wisdom liberates. And that's what we're going to explore. Where wisdom actually functions in specific ways for the diminishing of the flood, the disentangling of the tangle, the diminishing and perhaps elimination of the pressure the pressures of hunger and its associated fears seeing things as they actually are and as much as there's conceptual elegance in the teachings of the Buddha the Buddha also clearly names a teaching beyond conceiving So we want our contemplation to encompass the value of conceiving and naming and pointing and also to encompass that quality of wisdom that is beyond conceiving. Perhaps you've touched in your own practice the power, the efficacy of simply knowing that these tendencies to flooding are universal. They're part of the experience of people all over the world, people who seem well-adjusted or people who seem not well-adjusted, Buddhists, non-Buddhists, whatever, all of your friends, all of your relatives. And the way we get to see that in microcosm is to recognize it ourselves, practice with different meditators, hear it from them, see it in teachings where it's named, and we begin to say, oh, it's not just me. And some part
part of the isolation and loneliness and self-blame and criticism that stirs around and sort of makes a kind of a, a rotting quality, a corrosive quality begins to diminish. That's a kind of a wisdom. It's not just me. Perhaps you've seen through your meditation practice, your reflection, where just being able to name, oh, I see, that's that's the dynamic of my trying to gain safety and stabilize my sense of self. I see how I've made all these strategies in my life around that. And you just see that. And sure, it's a thought. But that thought, guided by that taste of wisdom, is actually serving to diminish the flood of becoming because you get it and you begin to say ouch and you begin to say I understand why ouch and you begin to say and it doesn't have to be ouch and change begins to happen it all started with what seemed like just a piece of knowledge so wisdom working its way into this life to actually diminish the tendency to flood, to actually reduce the pressure of the outpouring of the body-mind through the sensuality and becoming. So let's start with this specific quality of wisdom that has knowledge as a starting point and as we have explored begins to be embodied but the way it's happening now is specifically to diminish these outflows specifically where do you see that in your own heart the efficacy of wisdom the efficacy for freedom A little bit of knowledge, a touch of wisdom might seem insignificant 
given the uh, insistence of the tangle, you know, the press of it, the press of all our relational urges and all our sensory urges, the press of the self and all of its habits. And sure, sometimes we can see that that's the case where we have a little bit of, let's say, insight or understanding arise and the habits just keep manifesting anyway. Here's where we can invoke the power, the effectiveness of energy. Energy to apply oneself, to come back again and again. Energy to sometimes do what is not easy to do. Sometimes you can enter a kind of virtuous cycle where you touch just a taste of wisdom and some of that urging and tangle begins to let go. And just in the letting go, there's the upwelling of energy that comes from losing just that much oppression, from draining ourselves with self-criticism and hatred draining ourselves with distraction and trying to feed some kind of uh, unfeedable hole. And energy comes up out of that, yeah. And now we can really uh, continue to apply ourselves and more energy is freed up. The mind gets clearer, the heart stronger, the courage greater. So you might ask, where have I experienced that kind of virtuous cycle? Where have I felt the freeing up of energy that lets even more wisdom, more understanding come forward and the kind of effacement, the eroding of the self-obsession? But you could also ask yourself, in those times when there isn't this natural gift of the unveiling and the freeing naturally of the energy of application, the energy of clarity, the energy that motivates your meditation practice, that motivates further study, that motivates the emotional honesty internally that leads to release. Sometimes, where have I invoked energy or where can I invoke energy, bring it forward? I may not feel like going to retreat, but I do. I may not want to get up and meditate, but I do. I may not want to turn the mind towards this thirst of loneliness and fear. I'd rather 
watch television. But I'm going to turn towards the difficult and bring energy to understand, energy to be free, energy to diminish the unwholesome and increase the wholesome. So you're invited to look at both the natural arising of energy and how that works with the wisdom to bring freedom, but also those times when there's something volitional or some kind of something, some resource within you is called on to apply the mind, apply the heart, apply yourself to meditation, apply yourself to reflection, engage once again with what may not be easy to engage, but is the next significant point. (coughs) Contemplate that energy and ask yourself, how do I experience it in the body? How do I experience it arising in reflection with my spiritual friends? How does that increase the energy, stabilize the sense of application and consistency? I'd like to propose that you give attention in your practice to trust emergence. In Insight Dialogue, that guideline can be a real source of energy. And to do so, if you can remember this, to just pause and turn towards the bubbling of life itself. Turn towards the impermanence. Turn towards the unknown and let it energize your investigation right now. Trusting emergence, exploring together in your meditation practice. An exploration that might itself bring some diminishing of the tangle. Energy without wisdom has no direction. Sometimes it may go in good ways. Sometimes it may just increase the tangle, tie the knots tighter even. Wisdom without energy can't get real purchase in our lives. 
the energy to cut through, to enter the actual uh, catastrophe of habit. If it's not present, then the wisdom may sort of live there and do some of its work, but the chance to really transform is not realized. One way that the Buddha unpacked energy is as being of two forms or sorts, energy of the body, energy of the mind. And there's a certain uh, physical aspect to how we engage with our mental life, our emotional life. There's a, uh, a bodily component of the strength to engage in a, a, a moral life. a kind of a vigilance about our own bad habits that takes wakefulness and literal bodily energy, vitality. The vitality to sit in meditation sometimes or to be in a difficult relationship and remain present and not zone out into habit and reaction. And the mental energy to recollect, to reapply, to come back. The mental energy to both think through and feel through and sense through however the habit forms and the tangle presents itself in any given moment. one of the major contributors to this energy aspect is, in fact, good friendship. Where in the reflection, in the being together, in the meeting, a spark comes forward. even enthusiasm about what's difficult, about meeting what's difficult. A kind of a zeal, a diving in again. One feels supported, one feels confident, one feels energized by way of the inquiry that two or more minds coming together can engage. So we'll close this investigation now with a closer look in this way at energy so we really understand it and can begin to recognize it.
begin to value it. Energy of the body, energy of the mind, energy carried forward and amplified and uplifted in spiritual friendship. Energy of commitment, energy of inspiration, energy of tasting results and goodness. What are your sources of energy, of body and of mind? And this again is energy with wisdom, energy in that direction, not just, you know, I, I swim three miles a day and I take all my vitamins so that I can have more sensory pleasure, so I can become beautiful, so everybody likes me. That's not what I'm talking about. This is the kind of energy that's infused with wisdom. That, how does that it, it present itself? How do you nurture it, care for it? value it. It's a very wholesome, wholesome energy. Going in a good direction. Making a difference. Making a real difference. Where do you see this? Trust emergence. Allow yourself to be surprised. Maybe it's here now, huh? And as you take a moment to thank your partners, why don't you just take an extra minute or two uh, during your gratitude to just notice as you explored energy, did energy arise? That's something that frequently happens and you might just observe and uh, reflect together and then we'll join in the circle. Thank you for your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.